Hello, Ms. Kapow. What's the date? Hello, Brother Kapow. Today's date is November 13, 2017. It's a very bad luck day, 11-13. No, it's not. I'm staying inside. Ay, ay, ay. You just look for excuses to stay inside. Uh Uh-uh, I'm scared of the cats, (laughs) black cats. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, so we're going to continue our study of Psalm 5. Cool. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yep, right? yep, 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 yep. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll get to a point. We're going to get to a point where uh, I'm going to kind of go off track a little bit because it, it talks about the mouth being an open sepulcher. Oh, yeah. And I just want to throw some other little things in there uh, just for a little uh, spice, like a spicy meatball. A spicy meatball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the rest of it, we're going to stay true to form. And then I think I'm going to play this song at the end. I think you should. It's yes. very it's a very appropriate song. Yes, and you you really I know you want to like shut it off afterwards. I know, but I beg you. Listen to this song. It's called Psalm 5 cuz we're teaching Psalm 5, right? Mm-hmm. The song is called Psalm 5. It's by a group, a non-existent group now called The Road Home that existed back in probably 1977, I believe this was recorded somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's off the Maranatha 4 album, I believe. And I have a long story about this group, but I'm not going to tell you about it. Um, but this gentleman, beautiful voice, wrote this song. He, w- he woke up in the middle of the night yeah. with this song on his heart. Mm. And uh, he accomplished piano player, beautiful voice. And he got up. And he turned on his little recorder and he laid down this melody. It's beautiful. And so when you hear this song, it's really, really cool. So afterwards, we'll play it at the end. So stand by. Mm-hmm. Don't turn it off. Come on. No, the, the, it's it's well worth listening to. Seriously. It is. Miss Kapow endorses it. You know it's good. <laughs> huh? I think it's great. Okay, man. All right. Psalm 5. Uh, how do you want to handle this, Ms. Kabai? You want me just to read, or you want to read it and start it? You want me to start it? Um, I'll I'll read it through. Okay. How's that? Because there's, there's um, I think twelve, twelve verses. Yeah, so it's not very long. No. Okay. I give ear to my words. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto Thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight, and thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me... I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy them. Destroy thou them, O God. Let not let them fall by their own co- counsels cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions for they have rebelled against thee 
But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, O Lord, or for thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with the favor. Wilt, um, wilt thou compass him as with a shield? I'm sorry, I get like this glare from the light. And mm. so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. okay, still beautiful. It's still beautiful. All right. Psalm 5. Give ear to my words. O Lord, consider my meditation. The writer of Psalm 5, he begs to be heard from God. Mm -hmm. On the ground of God's regard for God's covenant. Right? Right. And people who are true worshipers, that's the ground to give ear to your words. Mm -hmm. We went over that last time. Right. We talked about Isaiah uh, last Friday, Freedom Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, we did Isaiah 59. It goes hand in hand with, if you want to be heard, you got to live under this umbrella. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. So he's begging to be heard as a true worshiper. And that's contrasted with God's holy hatred to the wicked. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So the writer's praying for divine guidance on account of his watchful, malignant, and deceitful enemies. Mm -hmm. How many of you feel like you're watched mm -hmm. today by the watchers? Definitely. Those fallen angels mm -hmm. that guide the Illuminati, those fallen angels that, that bring in the uh, demonic hordes and change culture and change thinking and... and bring their agenda. They own everything. They own all the media. Yep. They, they, they dictate what you will know. Mm -hmm. They're watching you. You're on Facebook. They're watching you. You're on Instagram and they're watching you. You're mm -hmm. on Twitter. They're watching you and they gather all this information. And the more they know about you, the more it could be used against you. Mm hmm. So he's praying on account of these watchful, malignant, deceitful enemies. And he's praying for their destruction as being also God's enemies. Mm -hmm. So when you pray for, uh, when you do the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will yeah. be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you, yeah. when you pray for the Lord's kingdom to come, you're also praying for the destruction of the kingdom that's now. Mm -hmm. You understand that. It's not, Jesus isn't going to come set up his kingdom, and then everything is going to continue the way it is. Yeah. Except everybody's going to be nice, right? Mm -hmm. No, the wicked are going to, they're going to end. It's going to end. So you're praying for destruction when you do that. At the same time, this writer expresses his confidence that God will help his people. Mm -hmm. All right? Amen. So meditation, a lot of times I think you can take Psalm 5 and just think it's about prayer, but it's much more than that. Right, Ms. Capel? Mm -hmm. Much more than that. Do you have anything to go right here? Well, um, as I studied this um, psalm, I took the four, four um, scriptures where it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry. 
my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, and neither shall evil dwell with thee. Mm-hmm. To me, because prayer is such an important part of my life, um, I see salvation in the in this in the psalm as for much is um where it says my voice shalt thou hear in the morning o lord in the morning will i direct my prayer unto thee it's like um we at one time we were sinners we were in darkness and the word says that it's by god's holy spirit no one can come to the lord jesus christ except that the Father draw him. And no one can come to the Father except through the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to me, like what I see is God as light. So here we are in darkness, you know, before we became new creatures or even after we become saved, you know, there's a lot of stuff that God works out in us. Mm-hmm. So he is the light that pierces through our darkness. And that's what I see in verse 3. And the reason why God saves us is because he is a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's um, He's intolerant of our iniquity. And so through Christ, he saves us, but it's the, it's the, the power of the Holy Spirit that draws us, and his light pierces through our darkness is what I see. That's good. Because when you, like it says, you meditate, consider my meditation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you consider the Hebrew there is is to murmur a complaint, my meditation, my musing, mm-hmm. right? My, my, my whispers, you right. know, consider that um, and hearken to it, mm-hmm. right? So it's like these moanings, these, these murmurings. It's that uh, like that half uttered form in which deep feelings give rise. Mm-hmm. In Romans eight twenty six and twenty seven, it says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, right. for we know not what we should pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us mm-hmm. with groanings which cannot be uttered." Right. Right. So you, he's he's he's, the Spirit is groaning in you, and he can hear that. So he's begging them to hearken, to listen, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, to listen. So in Psalms ten seventeen, that writer says, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Mm-hmm. And there's some conditions there, right? Okay. In Psalm 61, 2, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. How many of you feel overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And you stopped at what? Verse four. Verse four. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, the song we're going to play at the end here uh, uses the first three verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end with um, unto thee I will look up 
Right. Because then in verse four, we start, we start talking about the wicked here, you Mm -hmm. know, for thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Yeah. It's such a beautiful Psalm to me. You know, the, the first four verses really speak to me because, Mm -hmm. because we were in darkness and then to me, this this is so beautiful about his light that pierces that darkness. Because at one time, even in, in, in the book of John, it says that the light shines in darkness, but the darkness doesn't comprehend it, right? Yes. And then no one comes to the Father but through Christ. But no one can come to Jesus except the Father draws him. So it's God that brings us. And then once we come into Christ, it says that we look up. We, we look unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. To me, that just, that just speaks salvation to me. It does. And on earlier, you and I were talking about the very first verse, um, about, in, you know, in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the third verse, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning. And you had a really nice analogy with the rising of the sun mm-hmm. and how that pertained to salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that was really good. Yeah, it's that, it's that darkness. And then when God calls us, he is that light that penetrates our darkness, you know, and that calls, causes us to pray to him and ask him to save us. Because we see the real light, Yeah, you know, that, that breaks that darkness of night. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that's a great analogy. It's a great way to look at that. You see the salvation in that prayer, not just praying, Mm -hmm. but the the real salvation in it. Once again, it leads to Messiah. It leads to Christ. It points to Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's amazing. If you see Christ in all these things, it's like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really cool. Um, Anything else on that part? Mm Mm-mm. So verse four, for thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness. Mm-hmm. Well, there's your condition, right? Because right? he only regards sincere worshipers, mm-hmm. not the religious, not ritual, not pretend, uh, but sincere worshipers. He doesn't have pleasure in wickedness Mm-mm. at all. And neither shall evil dwell with thee. So he's not going to have pleasure in wickedness and evil's not going to be in the same dwelling as God. Mm-mm. So this, all this bit, you know, I mean, all these liberal type of theologians out there, you know, think it's okay to keep sinning and living a life of sin of homosexuality, you know, be a homosexual, lesbian pastor, you know, these kind of things. Yeah. And they think that, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're all going to dwell together, and you know that's not that's not what the Word of God says. No, and even Jesus in with his disciples, he said that the enemy has nothing in him. Yes, yes, absolutely. They, they, it couldn't it couldn't coexist Mm-mm. with Messiah. No, not at all. Uh huh. Not like those stickers they have now. Yeah. You know the coexist. And where all those um, religious symbols and emblems are together. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally unbiblical. We're we're all one. So verse five, the foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Who are the foolish? Mishkapal, let's see. They're the ungodly. And it goes back to Psalm 1-5 where it says the ungodly shall not stand 
um, in the um, in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For God knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's right. They're vainglorious and they're insolent. Mm-hmm. They're foolish. Now, the Hebrew there is halal. Oh, it's halal. It is mm, of usually of color, meaning like color. It means to shine, to make a show, so to boast and thus be foolish, clamorously, right? To rave, to celebrate your fool. Like, think of a drunk person, you know, mm-hmm. at the bar, you know, putting the, uh, what is it, the... Uh, the lamp shade over his head. Yeah. Center of attention, right? He's shining. Halal, he's he's shining. He's the foolish. Well, those kind of people that bring the vainglorious stuff, they point to themselves rather than Messiah, mm-hmm. are not going to stand in his sight. That's right. I think that's why at the end of the day, when you stand before Messiah, and he goes, but Lord, Lord... Uh, I did this, and Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Lord, Lord, didn't we build churches? Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? Didn't we set up a trust fund and a, and a GoFundMe page? <laughs> right? And he's going to go, depart from me because I never knew you. Because mm. you weren't a sincere worshiper of me. Right? That's right. In verse 6, it says, Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing or lies. Lies, deception. Yes. That's huge with God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, we, and then we talked about that last Friday on Freedom Friday. We talked about the, the newscasters, everything you're seeing on that sin box called the television. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's amazing. Everything is has an agenda. There's a lie to it. Um, you know, even if it's a harmless show, it seems like there's, there's some kind of fantasy to it. Um, you know, you just got to be aware of that. Yeah. That you don't live in a truthful world. You live in a false reality. It's not the reality God created for us. Yeah. And leasing basically is stealing the truth from someone. Mm-hmm. You could do that too with, with false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Or not teaching all the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So verse 6 says that God's going to destroy them that speak leasing. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. It's interesting how lying, bloody, murder, and, and deceit all are in the same sentence here. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's kind of like revelation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the certain, certain ones are not going to enter in. That's right. Yep. Um, and in verse 7, it says, But for, as for me, I will come into thy house... Mm-hmm. And the multitude of thy mercy. So you see the humbleness here. Mm-hmm. You see the humbleness here. That the writer says, I will come into your tabernacle, into where, where your presence is. Mm-hmm. And in the fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Mm-hmm. You have anything right there, Pooh? Oh, yeah, what, for sure. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with this um, scripture... Or verses, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. To me, that it's well, once you become saved, the salvation part, we are then a new creature in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
And we worship the Lord Jesus. We worship God in spirit because God is spirit. And we worship him in spirit and truth. And this, for I come into thy house, this is where we become new creatures. You know, we become the part of the body of Christ. And then when it says, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple, this is when we worship God in spirit and truth. Man, and I that like only that. comes together after Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, pierces our darkness and takes us away from the, our darkness. And we look unto Jesus, we look unto God, we look unto his word, and he saves us from being foolish and um, ungodly. And now we become new creatures in his house, in his body, and worship God in spirit and truth. You know, I really like that. Because here he's, ta he's talking about, I will come into the house uh, in, in worship of thy holy temple. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're talking about a change mm -hmm. in, in a person's spirit, in their soul, mm -hmm. right? When mm -hmm. they come to Christ. And what does the scripture say about us being the temple? Yeah. And here it's saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. I will come in the house, mm -hmm. in the multitude of your mercy, God, yeah, you know, and, and by in, grace, we are saved. Yes. Yeah, that's it right there. And in fear mm -hmm. and in fear, you know, which means morally reverence, exceedingly fearful, but it's a reverence. It's a dreadful, it's a, a terror, awesomeness mm -hmm. of a God, a fear of God, a deep, deep respect. Yeah. You see? And so you do that. And so you come into the temple and I like what you did there. Because you have Christ in verse one, you in verse three, I'm sorry, you have the sun mm -hmm. breaking the the darkness of the of the night. That's right, with his the, light. Mm -hmm. And then as you come into that, then you begin to come into that temple where now you are that holy temple. Mm -hmm. You know? The temple of the Lord. Right. And that's what the that's what the New Testament writers were talking about. Mm -hmm. Even Peter says, you know, it's we're 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 built, you know, yeah. stones. Right. laid on one another a holy temple mm -hmm. of the lord and this so that's a really a beautiful connection mm -hmm. really beautiful connection there miss pow praise the lord yeah so verse eight lead me O lord in thy righteousness because of mine enemies mm -hmm. oh make thy way straight before my face okay Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness mm -hmm. because of mine enemies. Doesn't that really remind you of the Lord's prayer? Lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from the evil mm -hmm. one. Right? Now, um, enemies, literally the watchers, the ones that are watching over this writer of the psalm. Psalms 2711 says... Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Mm -hmm. Now, why would you pray that unless your enemies were able to get you off path? That's right. Right? They're able to deceive you and get you off the right direction. So the prayer here for all of us is for God to lead us in righteousness mm -hmm. because of the enemies. Mm-hmm. You know, justice, righteousness, truthfulness, mm -hmm. salvation, righteous acts from God because of those 
enemies. And he says, make thy way straight. So I can see clearly the path I need to go down. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. Uh, make, make the way of providence plain. Mm-hmm. See, because the wicked are not reliable. That's right. By nature, they're full of wickedness mm-hmm. of every kind. Right? That's right. Any, anything right there? Um, in verse 8, yes. When it says, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Um, the word enemies is like the watchers, right? Mm-hmm. And our enemy is like sin that crouches at the door that's spoken of in Genesis. And then also in uh, Peter where it says Satan comes as a roaring lion seeking mm. whom to devour. Those are our enemies. And we've always said that our enemies is our flesh, the world, and um, the devil, mm-hmm. Satan, right? So as we come to his house and we worship him and we worship him in spirit and truth because we are now new creatures, God has given us, as it says in Ephesians, he has given us every spiritual blessing. He has also given us the full armor of God that we put on, and he has given us the Holy Spirit who leads us into truth and teaches us truth. And so that's what verse 8 shows me. Amen. And before we get into verse 9 and on, let's take a little commercial break. Okay. Then we'll be right back because this is where I'm going to take a little side trip mm. in verse 9. Okay. And we're talking about enemies. All right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's like one of my favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be right back. Hello. This is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Okay, we are back. Mr. Kapow? Yes. Are you, are you here? I'm here. Where'd you go during the break? I just sat here at my desk. Wow. I jogged around the block. No. Get You're my heart awesome. rate going. I know. <laughs> I know. Very fast. Okay. Verse 9. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. We talk, now we're, we're talking about the enemies in verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness mm-hmm. because of mine enemies, the ones who watch me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Make my way straight before thy face, so uh, my face, so I know where to go. Verse 9, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Mm-hmm. They flatter with their tongue. Yep. Wow. 
No faithfulness, okay? Hebrew, kun, right? Mm -hmm. It means properly to be erect, to stand perpendicular. So in other words, to set up, to be fixed, right? To confirm, to be faithful. Mm -hmm. You get it steadfast, be ready. Well, they're not like that. There is no steadfastness in their mouth. What does that mean? Well, they lie. They're leasing. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there you can rely on. Nope. Their tongue speaks deceitfully. They're they're wickedness. They're like the serpent that lays on his belly. Yes. Yes. There he goes. Snake boy. The wicked, they're not reliable because by nature they're full of wickedness. That's right. That's why the word of God in Romans says that the carnal man is enmity with God. Yes. They're unsaved. They have no new creature. They're not a new creature in Christ. That's Romans 8, 7. Mm -hmm. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Amen. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you, so we can't associate with these people either, right? Or you can't allow them to deceive you and influence you because they're watching for you. That's right. Right? There's no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wicked mm-hmm. or wickedness. Wow. It's, it's in the sense of eagerly coveting or rushing upon right. by implication of falling. So a desire... Also ruin, calamity, mischievousness, naughtiness, perverse thing, wickedness, mischief. You get it. Mm-hmm. See, it goes back to Psalm 1 where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Amen. That's it. Why would you want to be around the, the serpent seed mm-hmm. and let them influence you? Because their throat is an open sepulcher. Now, just now, really let that <coughs> that poetic statement just sit in. Picture yourself walking in a cemetery. Let's make it two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's dark. You're all by yourself. You're walking in a cemetery, and they have those uh, upright sepulchers. You know, in some states they have them. Um, and you walk by one, and it's open. And it's dark and it's open. And you look in there, what do you see? Dead man's bones. You Mm. see corruption. You see decay. You see maggots. And you smell death. And you smell death. Oh, it's, oh gosh, it's awful. Right? Now, what are you going to do? You're going to go in there and have a cheese sandwich? Huh? Run. <laughs> Are you going to make out with this person with, that has a throat with an open sepulcher? <laughs> no, that is gross. And it, so for God to write that kind of that poetic language, their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Mm. See, they flatter. What, is, what does that mean, Miss Kapow? It's halag. It's. By implication, like as smooth stones, Mm. right? To distribute, to divide, to flatter, Mm -hmm. to deal, right? To smooth over. They smooth you over. Come on, come on, you know? Mm. Right? So let's go on a little side trip here on the, uh, well, the the, the little, okay, I'm going to start here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you all remember the, the, the like Aztec? 
sundial. Yes. Right? And then also the Mayans have the same thing. There's a lot of cultures that have this this creature, this demonic creature in the middle, and its mouth is wide open and its tongue is sticking out. Mm-hmm. I, right? I do know that one. So picture this scripture. Their throat's an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. And if you ever looked at those things, or God forbid you have one in your home or tattooed on your back, yeah. <laughs> um, this is what it is. It's a face of death. You know, they call it, they call it a face of the sun. And I don't know how to pronounce his name, Thanatius, uh face. They say it's the face of the sun. Uh, they considered him the Lord of heaven. This is that Aztec God in the calendar. Mm-hmm. And so um, they considered him the Lord of heaven around which takes place all daily and periodic phenomena. And he has a crown and he has a nose pendant. He has earrings. He has a necklace. And they're magnificent. And they're, they're, they're the ornaments, characteristics of this deity. The hair um, is blonde or golden, so the appearance of the sun. And the, the face shows, um, you know, age and maturity. But check this out. The tongue stuck out is in the form of an obsidian knife. You may not realize that. The mm. tongue is in the form of an obsidian knife. And it indicates that the deity demands to be fed with blood and oh human hearts. And that's not something you learn all the time in the museums. Mm-mm. But it's actually not just a tongue. It's a sharp obsidian knife and it wants blood. All right. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their oh tongue. Okay. Let's read another one. This is the stone. This is the Aztec sun god on the calendar. The face of the stone contains various mythological and astrological figures and signs in geometrical order. The outer border contains two serpents, Miss Kapow. Two serpents meeting face to face. At the lower extreme, which is believed to be um, represent time and the chief Aztec gods, their tails are joined at the top with the symbol for the ritual date, 13 read, considered mm. to represent the creation. <laughs> Who are they saying created this world? They're saying that Satan is. Yeah, the serpent did. The serpents are in charge. <laughs> Ancient Aztec calendar. Look at it. Look it up. Google it, folks. Look at it. Within the border are the rays emanating from the central figure, which represents Donatiu. The sun god, Donatiu's tongue, is in the form of a sacrificial flint knife protruding from between his bare teeth while in each claw-like hand he grasps a human heart. Mm, mm, mm. Um, I don't think they're hiding here. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I don't think they're they're not pretending anything. They're telling you exactly who they were and who they are. Surrounding the central sun figure are seven rings of varying dimensions. Above the face of the sun god is, is an arrowhead symbolizing the wind. The god is surrounded by four glyphs symbolizing the four elements, air, fire, water, and earth. Mm-hmm. And the cataclysms, check this out, and the cataclysms that ended each of the prior solar eras. That's right. Wow. They know what's coming, folks. Because their throat's an open sepulcher and they flatter with their tongue. They deceive with their tongue. They they make smooth with their tongue. But their throat is dead. It's death. 
According to the Mexican belief, Earth's earliest inhabitants were devoured by jaguars. The demise of the second sun brought destruction by great winds. The third sun ended with fiery rain, while the fourth sun was extinguished by, you ready for it? Mm. Drum roll. Massive (laughs) floods. Aye. ho, ho, ho. These symbols together with the image of Tanate'u, Aztec sun god, are neatly contained in the abstract motif for motion called Olin. It is thought that the stone reveals the predicted date of destruction for Del Quinta Sol during a four Olin cycle. I couldn't interpret that for you folks, (laughs) but that's what it says. It is believed... It is believed, Ms. Kapow, we are currently living in the fifth sun, an era of decline. I'm going to have to agree. In this present era, creatures on the earth suffer continual hardship and testing by the little G gods. Mm. Mm -hmm. And they do. Any species which fails these tests is doomed to perish and to return to the sun from where it came. This sun too will die unless mankind climbs the ladder of redemption, which is represented in the names of the 20 days of the calendar. The ultimate aim of creation is a regenerative process by which mankind redeems itself. Wrong. Mm-hmm. It is thought that this goal is not achieved. The world will be destroyed to start yet once again. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Okay. Uh, I got just a couple of more. Is it interesting? I got one more. Okay. One more. Okay. Uh, let's see. If you look through uh, Mexica art, Mexica art, Mexica, such as Aztec art by Esther Pastore, Pastore, which includes examples from stone sculptures, codex pages, mosaics, featherwork, ceramics, jewelry, monolithic monuments, and much, much more. Hmm. You, Miss Capal will find the number of images in which the tongue is sticking out of the mouth. Ew. You see, their throat's an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Mm. So it's sticking out of their mouth to be very, a very small minority. The exceptions are dramatic ones. However, the tongue and obsidian blade in the center of the sunstone Images of the face of the earth deity, the flayed one in the Tovar calendar, and on and on. So it talks about this other god, Tlatletrakutle, was commonly depicted by the Aztecs with his or her tongue out as a sign of his or her thirst for human blood. Mm. The archetypal Mashika deity that could both nourish life and take it away. And of course, many now believe that it is Tlatletecutle's face that is shown in the center of the sunstone. Mm. What comes from the deity's mouth in the great stone monolith discovered only recently in central Mexico City and now on display in the Templo Mayo Museum is more than just a tongue. It is a steady flow of blood, Mm. a powerful visual representation 
of Tete la Coutre is devouring roll and a symbol of the divine link between human sacrifice mm-hmm. and providing sustenance or food to the Aztec gods. Wow. What do we call that today? We call that Lush. Remember Lush. we talked about Lush, yeah. how the reptilians love to create death and blood and disorder and chaos and fear mm-hmm. because they feed off it. Yeah. So on October 1st, they killed 58 people and wounded over close to 500 mm. through a machine gun fire that still hasn't been solved and never will be solved. And then a few weeks later, a month later, some some reptilian walked into a church in Texas and killed them. And it goes on and on and on. It's loose. It's fear. See, that's the blood. So they haven't been hiding the open throat. It's an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. It's death. Mm-hmm. That's what they bring. All right. So that's but, just my little side trip. And the flattering of their tongue reminds me of that scripture in Proverbs where death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Hey, man. Yep. Death and life and the power of the tongue. Boy, it goes goes pretty deep, folks. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's my little side trip. I like it. Okay. You have anything else to add to that? Not verse 9, no. Okay. Verse 10. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. Amen. Yep. You see, it goes back to the Psalms 1-6, where it says, God knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And those that do not accept the Lord have rejected God, right? Mm -hmm. And John 3-18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Amen. That's, and that's the work of God is to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. That's where faith comes in. Yes. That's where faith comes in. Verse 11 says, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. So, what you have is a push and pull here. You have these wicked people. There's no faithfulness in their mouth. They're, they're very wicked inside. Their throat's an open sepulcher. They flatter with the tongue. And so the writer of the psalm is praying, destroy them, God. Mm-hmm. Let them fall. Mm-hmm. Destroy them. They re- all those who rebel against you. And then verse 11 switches, but let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendeth them let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee amen yes 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 wow verse 12 for thou lord wilt bless the righteous with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield mm. psalm 33 says but thou O lord art a shield for me my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Mm-hmm. So stay in covenant. Stay in covenant. Um, don't be messing with the uh, reptilians and walking into the open sepulchers and being deceived with the mouth. That's right. You'll be okay. All right? 
You know, um, with these scriptures, you know, in light of all the other verses before that, mm -hmm. I would become saved because his light um, pierces our darkness. He saves us. And now we look unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And um, we begin to, God be makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. And now we worship the Father in spirit and truth. He gives us so much stuff, you know, so many wonderful things, uh, spiritual blessings in the heavens. And where it says, for those that put their trust in thee rejoice and let them forever shout for joy because thou defendest them. The Lord had shown me a while back how he is our shield and our fortress, but it comes through faith. Mm -hmm. You know, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. The gift he gives us of faith is not something that we conjure up ourselves. You know, the world talks about faith. They believe in, they believe in their God. They believe in their, their wealth. You know, though that people have hope within them, but it's all carnal. It's not spiritual. It's not of God. It's not eternal. But when we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that faith is spiritual. It's the faith of God. It's the faith of Christ Jesus. And, um, the word of God says in first John for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So the faith that God gives us is his gift to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hebrews 11, six says for without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, the righteous shall live by faith, and that's how we please God, is by living in faith. Now, uh, in Romans 4, 17, you know, we always talk about uh, what faith is, and we go to Hebrews 11, right? Yeah. But Romans 4, 17 says, God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, that's faith, God's faith. God speaks a word and it comes to pass. Mm -hmm. That's faith. God created things without, without substance. You know, it's, it's not like, um, he had something to work with, so to speak. He spoke his word mm -hmm. and things were created. See, that's something that the enemy cannot do. No, he cannot do. He has to take something that's already in existence, but God speaks and creates things from things that are not in existence. Romans 4, 5 says, So our faith that he has given us, our faith is counted as righteousness. It's like, um, you know, um, Abraham, he believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Yes. And the same thing with us, because we believe Christ, Jesus, his word, we are now righteous through Christ. Ephesians 1, 3 says, God the Father has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ and placed us in Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Father. And God has also given us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is our seal for a promise for the future, right? Mm-hmm. Ephesians 6 also says that he has given us a full armor, and we all know what the full armor is, and if not, you need to look it up in Ephesians 6. 
the other thing that God has given us is in Luke 10, 20, where he says that rejoice and be glad because our names are written in the heaven, in the book of life. And in Ephesians 2, 10, it says we are created in Christ Jesus. So now we are, we've been made um, new creatures. We're a new person. We're, we're, we're new creatures in Christ where, uh, you know, we're, we're holy and we're righteous because it's his righteousness that he has given to us. So when we say that, um, let them forever shout for joy, there is so much that we can be joyful about and rejoice. And the more we know what Christ has done for us on the cross, the more exuberant we should be, the more thankful we should be unto God. You know, when we were ignorant of God before because we were his enemy, we didn't have the mind of Christ. But when the the light, his light of truth shined in our hearts, that's the knowledge that we gained because we hear um, faith is coming by um, hearing the word and that word is knowledge and that's the basis, the foundation of our faith. And the more that we get to know God through the word and through our relationship with him, the more knowledge and more understanding we get of God, the more we can rejoice and be thankful. And so then we can shout for joy. And we know that he defends us because of the word he has given us, the knowledge that he has given us. And, um, and that we can also, uh, love his name for, um, I know it says somewhere in the scripture. Let me see if I have written it down here. Uh, let's see. Ah, it's in first Corinthians 12, three that says, therefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed mm-hmm. and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord who except by the Holy ghost. Yeah. It's the Holy Ghost that that creates in us that that the word we can only say Abba Father because of the Holy Ghost. God has given us His Holy Spirit, His Spirit that is righteous, without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. That Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit, that power He has given to us us who's made of clay miry clay and we were without we were without god we didn't have we didn't want anything to do with god we were enmity with him Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times we think oh you know we were born in a church that spoke of god and we were holy we did this no no one is righteous no one is righteous but god in his mercy shined his bright light his Amen. true light into this darkness of our soul because we're nothing we are nothing without god and so he gives us his light and because of his mercy and his loving kindness he created us a new person so that with that new creature that's in us can cry out to god and say god abba father hallelujah we have this holy spirit and that's something that we can rejoice in and be glad in. And it's that faith that he gave us that now 
we put on the whole armor of God, that shield of righteousness, the shield of faith that's able to um, destroy all the fiery darts of the enemy, all his lies, the, the, the tongue of flattery, mm-hmm. we can cast that stuff down mm-hmm. because of that shield of faith. That faith that God has given us is what's going to give us the victory over our enemies. And that's all I have to say. That's good, Ms. Capel. That's very good. And I think on that note, let's play this song. Oh, yes. Okay? So we invite all of you to stick around and listen to Please song. listen to it. It's it's really beautiful, and it's anointed. Yes. And like Brother Paul said, that um, this man was awoken by the Holy Spirit, and he was inspired to write this song. And it's really it really will touch you. Okay, good night. Ciao, babies. My king.